This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, October 30th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. When ranchers or farmers operate on public lands, they pay for their use of that land, although often they're not paying market rates. But what about recreation on public lands? Are they paying what they should to maintain trails and other amenities? I spoke with Holly Fretwell of the Property and Environment Research Center in Bozeman, Montana, about pay-to-play. What are public lands used for? Public lands are used for recreation, for wildlife habitat, for timber harvest, for grazing, for mining, um, multiple use. The majority of our public lands are supposed to be used for multiple uses, and there are a lot of multiple uses out there. All right. So when uh, people graze cattle on public lands or mine uh, under or on public lands or harvest timber, uh, on public lands or something something along those lines, do they pay market rates for those extractions, if you will, for lack of a better term? Uh, sometimes they pay market rates and sometimes they don't pay market rates. Grazing is a, a formula that's calculated out and if you actually look at our grazing lands, they differ tremendously across the country. So you would expect to have different rates if you were looking at a market rate, and it is not different rates. It's one size fits all type of rate. Timber harvest, people actually bid to harvest timber on our public lands. So that is approaching a more market uh, rate because people are actually competing against each other to remove that timber from the land. Minerals, again, have different sorts of formulas and, and um, methods that are determined as to what those um, costs and prices actually are, so um, not quite approaching the market rate in the same sense. Um, and if you're recreating on our public lands, you probably aren't paying anything. So that's where we get into this, which is the people who are doing what we think of as extraction are paying something. But for people, the many millions of people each year who visit uh, public lands, in, in many cases, they're not paying anything at all. That's right. There are fees for many of our national parks, but less than 50% of them. And if we're actually looking at our Forest Service lands, about 2% of Forest Service sites charge fees and about 1% of BLM recreation sites charge user fees for recreationists. Now, I'm thinking maybe it's more, it's not worth collecting them because you have to have somebody there to monitor and that's not free to collect those fees? And and that's true. It's certainly not free. There is a cost to collecting those fees. Um, Oftentimes the cost can be really low if we just have sort of a a box that people are putting. You know, when you go to a campsite, oftentimes it is a... um, a box or a system that you don't actually have somebody there collecting the fees, right? You, you pull up the envelope, you fill out your envelope, you put your money or your check-in, and you stick it into this box that is locked up so nobody can get it out. Um, later, there definitely does have to be somebody that comes through and checks that, but it's um, it, it's a bit of an honor system sometimes, uh, you know, depending upon when somebody's going to come check that. Uh, but there's certainly a cost to managing a campsite, and there's certainly a cost even to trail maintenance and and um, ensuring that we have river access and be ensuring that we have um, the facilities that are necessary in certain areas, depending upon the number of people that are visiting those sites. But I pay my taxes, and that's what those taxes go for. And I'd like to thank you for that, because I use my public lands all the time, and I am subsidized by all those people that don't use them very much. 
Okay. And then on top of that, I guess in, in some ways you're also, uh, by making use of those lands, you're also subsidized by timber harvesters and people who graze cattle, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm helping subsidize those people. Uh, timber harvest, I would say, is a market price because we're competing against each other. Grazing, um, some of those grazers um, probably are approaching market prices, and some of them might have fees a little bit lower than what the market would bear. And we've seen comparisons on state lands and other lands that are very different than what our public lands are. So yes, my tax dollars are helping subsidize some of those individuals. So, but I think the issue here is like it's a conceptual matter, which is we don't associate recreation with being something that isn't free on what we understand to be public lands. Uh, and yet we, we do frequently hear complaints about underpricing of activities, so-called extractive activities that, that happen on those lands. And, and that's true. People, People oftentimes look at recreation and feel like we have this given right to recreate on our public lands without having to pay a fee. The problem with that is that we have so many people that are recreating on the lands, and the lands are becoming more and more degraded as we increase the population and as we increase the, the types of recreation we do. I mean, if you go out on the forest today, uh, you will see mountain bikers, uh, horseback riders, ATV riders, hikers, um, and, and you go look at the river and you have all these kayakers that are going down the river now, we have a lot more uses. It's much easier to get into the backcountry today than it was 20 years ago. So we have more people getting back there, which is causing more damage. And we have more equipment that's going back there, which is causing more damage. So actually helping to cover some of those costs is really important. And right now, the people that are covering those costs oftentimes are people that aren't recreating at all. About half of Americans do some form of outdoor recreation, and we're all paying taxes. So that means about half of Americans are paying taxes to help the rest of us recreate on our public lands. What kind of revenue are we talking about here? If, if people were asked to pay their own way when it comes to uh, doing recreation on public lands, what would that look like? It, depending upon the different, um, depending upon the site that you're going to, if you are going to Great Smoky Mountain National Park, about two dollars per person would cover the entire budget for that national park. If you're looking at the Forest Service uh, and looking at the National Forest System budget and the number of visitors that go there, a little bit under two dollars per visitor would would cover some of those costs. That's a, a, just a portion. That's the sort of the recreation portion of the National Forest budget. Uh, but if we actually think about what it would cost on a per-person basis, many of these areas, it wouldn't cost us a whole lot just to go recreate on the lands. And if you're looking at some of our national parks, say a Yellowstone, a Great Smoky Mountain, some of these amazing national parks that we see, again, it's a pretty minimal amount per person to cover the operating budgets for these parks. It's certainly a lot less than if we were going to, say, a Disneyland or somewhere of that sort where we're going to go recreate for a day. Different type of recreation, but nonetheless something that many people are willing to pay. Yeah, I think people, as a conceptual matter, people think, oh, it's nature, and I'll just go out into it. There's no real thought given to what what actually does have to go into maintaining it, whereas at Disney World, you're like, well, this had to be constructed. And then, of course, they steam clean the sidewalks every night at, at Disney World. So what, um, what does go into maintaining trails and parks and uh, these public lands? 
certainly maintaining our, our trails and our, our park system um, and our access, our recreation access, especially if you're talking about getting to and from a river and putting boats in and, and, and ensuring that we're not putting a bunch of sedimentation in there if we have a whole bunch of people doing the same thing. Um, it, it, it comes at um, a cost. It comes at a big part of the budget for um, our federal agencies. Again, each different site is going to be slightly different depending upon how many recreationists, how hard it is to get in there, what sort of recreation uh, we're doing on those lands. Um, but um, if we look at our BLM and our Forest Service lands, those are the lands that are used for, for multiple uses. Um, recreation brings in about 27 cents for every dollar that we spend to give you some idea of how much we're losing on recreationists out there. Should we be thinking about cutting the budgets for these agencies in exchange for saying, hey, start raising some money from all, all these people who free ride on uh, taxpayer contributions. So when we have recreationists pay their way, a really key component is that the agency or the site at what they're paying for is actually able to keep those revenues and put them back on the ground to invest in enhancing recreation in that particular unit. So not sending it back to Washington. Not sending it back to Washington. As soon as we're sending all that money back to Washington, we have our agency personnel responding to politics and responding to Congress, trying to get that budget rather than responding to those people that are using that landscape and ensuring that they're having a good quality visit. Ali Fretwell is a research fellow at the Property and Environment Research Center in Bozeman, Montana. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>